Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Well, good morning, folks, and welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. Uh, this is Ken Lewis. I'm, I'm the director of Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in Idaho, and on our guest this morning is actually on the air through a phone call, and it's a good friend of mine who's on staff with FCA in Montana, uh, Mr. Bob Verulis. Bob, it's, it's great to have you on the show this morning. Blessed to be with you, Kenny. Good to talk to you. Well, Bob, how's things going in Montana today? Well, it, we would call it a Chamber of Commerce Day. Beautiful day after the 4th of July. Uh, not super hot yet. Got a few high clouds, but uh, it looks like it's going to be a great day. Well, that's great. Great to hear. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And I know we've kind of talked about this, um, you know, uh, over the last couple of years and just haven't had, had a chance to make it work. But we appreciate you being on the phone today. And and, and folks, we just we do, just want to thank uh, KBXL uh, 94.1 and the Schaefer family and all the folks here at KBXL for uh, helping this uh, show be on the on the air each each and every Saturday. And and Bob, um you um you've been on staff for how many years now in montana uh i started uh, in uh, the fall of 2010 that's the first time i ever met you that's right we were i think we were at a staff meeting in seattle it was a regional staff yeah. meeting and our and our region is oregon idaho washington montana and alaska and uh I think we ended up being roommates <laughs> at that. That was that, it. Yeah, we were roommates, and uh, God put us in that room, and I think we probably tapped out about 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> after uh, we said, okay, we got to get up at 7. we got to get some sleep. So. That's right. We had a lot to uh, talk about, and it was, a, a, yeah. it was a start of a great friendship. And uh, and I know you've, you've helped out at the camp here, the Northwest FCA Sport Camp, and we're going to talk about that a little bit as well here this morning. But, um, well, Bob, uh, tell us a little bit about, did you grow up in Montana? Yeah, I was raised in Montana, uh, and then uh, we had a couple of different uh, addresses as far as uh, once I got married. Debbie and I moved to uh, Big Fork, and I was in the golf business, so we traveled a little bit. So we were in Big Fork for about five years. We were in Missoula for about five years, and we actually, God sent us down to the desert. It was literally kind of my desert, too. Uh, we went down to uh, Southern California in the greater Palm Springs area. We lived in La Quinta, and I worked at uh, three different uh, facilities down there in that 10-year period. So, And that was a, as a PGA golf professional, is that right? Yep, that was it. That was At that time, I was uh, primarily just giving golf lessons and then uh, did some marketing and uh, did a little bit of golf management. When I was up here in Montana, it was primarily I was, you know, operating golf courses. Wow. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved in sports as a kid and uh, what that was like for you and, and how you got involved in golf. But was there other sports, Bob, that you did before that? Oh, yeah. When we were kids, we played every sport of the season, although I did not wrestle like you. <laughs> um, but we we actually had a, this, uh, it wasn't really a park, it was a power substation, it had this big grassed area. So we played baseball, we played football, um, you know, uh, we'd play basketball late hours of the night, you know, at the, the elementary school and the junior high that I ended up going to. So, uh, and we had a bunch of 
guys in our neighborhood, so we automatically had teams ready to go, and it was about 8 o'clock, you'd roll out of bed, and we'd be going to play sports somewhere, so... Wow, back in the day when kids just played all day, <laughs> played outside yeah, we all day. we just got on our bikes, you know, you rode your bike everywhere, and um, so it was, yeah, it was a, you know, for us, it was a great time. It was, uh, played till dark till we finally uh, couldn't see anything, so. <laughs> well, hey, in, in high school, um, is that when, is that when you got more serious about golf? Yeah, my dad was the golf coach, uh, when I was a kid, um, he was actually the first golf coach at the high school that we end up going to, to school at. Um, and I was kind of a mediocre golfer till I was about a junior, senior, really my senior year, I really kind of blossomed. And at that point was, you know, maybe one of the top 10 or 15 players in the state and um, walked on to the University of Montana to play golf there. Um, I was always kind of in my brother's shadow. My brother was a better player most of that time, so... And then you golfed it uh, for the Grizzlies there and in Missoula yep. for for four years, and tell us a little bit about the, your time golfing as a Montana uh, University of Montana Grizzly. Um, we had a lot of fun. We it was it was an interesting time because golf was not a very big sport as far as commitment from the university. It was sort of like, well, we have to have golf, so we'll you know have a golf team. And we had a couple times we had coaches that weren't even golfers. Um, we had one of our coaches, he was actually the wrestling coach, um, Scott Bliss, who was, he was a great guy. Um, and he was more of a chaperone for us. Um, <laughs> but we had a great time, had a great group of guys that, uh, we played, uh, together. Um, we were kind of middle of the pack in the big sky. Um, we didn't really have any facilities. I mean, we had obviously Missoula Country Club we'd go practice at, but on campus, we didn't have any facilities. We don't, you know, we didn't have any. Tr- training programs that these kids have today so it was more leisure than super competitive at that point and that was what 1981 through 85 something is that when you yeah and actually I, I played through 83 and then i got in the golf business wow. uh, just there was a yearning to be a golf professional so i, I left college and went uh, started teaching which was really funny i'm 20 years old and i'm teaching like governors of montana and pretty <laughs> wealthy people so here's this 20 year old kid doesn't even have a college degree and i'm uh giving golf lessons so wow what a fun adventure up there and yeah. well tell us a little bit bob about how you came to know jesus as your personal lord and savior well, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, I was raised in a Greek Orthodox church, and we actually have, my parents still have this picture of Jesus, blood dripping down the holly thorn. So I knew of Jesus. I knew who he was. I know, you know, I, I knew the stories. That picture was right above our phone. Like, that's when you had the phone on the wall. So every time you'd make a phone call, you'd see Jesus. It really wasn't until, and we, you know, we raised our kids, and we went to church, and, uh, um, but it wasn't really until I went to Southern California that I really understood what it meant to follow him. Because even when we, you know, in an Orthodox Church, we pray that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. So I, I knew that term. I didn't really know what the requirements were on my end, what mm-hmm. that meant to follow him, what what that process really was. And so that was why I talk about being down in Southern California. That literally was my kind of desert that it gave me an opportunity to really connect and understand and have a personal relationship with him 
Otherwise, he was kind of just like if you're a kid and you had a sports star that you really followed and you maybe had his jerseys and stuff, but you never personally met him, right? Right. And so for me, that was the big transition is is making that that it was a daily commitment, that it was a daily engagement. Um, so that was a huge change when I went down to – So I, I, and kind of part of my testimony would be all those other years I was just kind of a cardboard Christian. I looked kind of good on the outside, but I was not very deep. <laughs> um, didn't, didn't know Scripture, didn't know until I really went to my first Bible study down in the desert. I kind of knew where Genesis was, and I <laughs> knew where Revelation was, but – if you had to get me into Titus or someplace else like that, I would struggle trying to find a trying to find a verse. Wow! What was the events that led up to you surrendering to Christ? It was. This is where I think God's got a great sense of humor. It was a this older Jewish gentleman, isn't I? Still remember him, Al Levinsky, and Al would always kind of give you kind of a. Kind of an off-color joke here and there, but I just kind of struck up a, a relationship with him, and he asked me, hey, what do those guys do on Wednesday mornings? Uh, they a bunch of kooks up there? And I go, no, I think it's a Bible study. I have, you know, people I give lessons to that go to that. And he goes, well, he said, well, I said, why? Do you want to go to it? And he goes, well, do you? That's why I'm going to pick you up next week, and we started going. Wow. We started going. Al had never had a Bible. We started going, and and the guy that was leading the Bible study was a guy my age. He was a golf professional. His name is Jeff Cranford, and I would kind of consider Jeff probably my spiritual mentor. So were these were golfers? And he and I hit it off. These were golfers I, at the and, course there? He was he was a golf professional at another golf course, but the Bible study was at the golf course that I worked at. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was like... Uh, God just kind of setting this up perfect. So it was, I'd have all kinds of questions. Jeff and I would kind of sit afterwards and just kind of talk. And he um, he was kind of a prophetic guy at times. And he told me, hey, God's told me you're going to teach this Bible study class. And this is like within a month. And I just laughed at him like, Jeff, I can't even find verses that you talk about. Like, I'm still <laughs> struggling to... When you say verse to find it in the Bible, and, and sure enough, um, about a month and a half later, I gave my testimony to the guys, and about three months later, I was kind of helping out. Jeff had me do one of my first, you know, lead the Bible study for the first time. So Wow, that's great. And uh, we've been close friends ever since, and um, and it was a great opportunity because we're in the golf business, so we were doing golf outreaches uh, at at uh, three or four different PGA Tour events down in the down in the South, and we served on a board. I served on a board, his board. It was called Highways and Hedges. After Luke of four twenty three and uh, or fourteen twenty three, and uh, sure enough, uh, Donnie D is a guy you would know. Mm -hmm. Donnie D served on that board, so that was my first touch to FCA was wow. through Donnie D. Yeah. Well, tell us some more about your, your journey with FCA. Uh, uh, Donnie was uh, on staff with FCA in California. Donnie uh, uh, played uh, football at University of Tulsa and um, uh, originally from, I think, that San Diego area. And yep. uh, how did you get more involved there with FCA? Well, Donnie just kind of gave me 
kind of an overview of what FCA was, and then we had one of his staff guys, Eric Carlson, who Eric's now on staff in Colorado, um, was coming to our Bible study, and so he invited me to do a Gatorade drop with him um, at, at, for the golf team that my son played on. And so, sure enough, I went there, and uh, that summer he invited me to be one of the golf uh, clinicians, um, and we went up to Santa Barbara, which was, uh, was a pretty cool place. Um, to, and so we, that was the first time I went to camp, and that was in 2007. Wow. So that was my first experience at going to camp. And then um, we went again in 2009, and this time I took my son, who was at that time 25, and he came, came and helped us out. And for me, that was the true sense and the power of what FCA could do, because at 25, my son walked down and uh, rededicated his life to Christ. Wow. And here, here's the 25-year-old guy with these 14- and 15-year-old golfers that he's <laughs> kind of been hanging around with in the week. And so just really saw the power of that um, in 2009. Um, and not much later than that, um, was uh, I lost my job. And so all of a sudden, my wife and I are trying to figure out, well, what are we going to do? And she thought maybe we should move back to Montana. And so first on my radar, I was, well, I wonder what they're doing with FCA in Montana. Like, is there, you know, is there a role for me up there? And so that was, that was kind of our journey back home and, and to, uh, to get things going up here in Montana. Wow. Well, folks, if you're just joining us here this morning on Heart of the Athlete, we're visiting with the state director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, Bob Verulis, a good friend of mine. So, Bob, I, you know, we talked about earlier uh, about how we met in the fall of 2010. So that was about a year later. So you had moved. That was that all happened down in Santa Barbara in 2009. Next thing you know, you're up in Montana on staff with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And uh and I know you started coming to our camp, and um, there was a, a lot of neat things that happen at camp, you know, church camps and, and, and FCA camp as well. And uh, tell us a little bit about those things. I know the first few years, first couple of years, you were just our golf head golf clinician at camp. And uh, But what, what have you seen happen at FCA camp down here in Nampa in, uh, at the Northwest FCA sport camp? Well, once I came on staff, the big huge thing was it just what a blessing the camp was because it's something we couldn't replicate in Montana. It's not like, oh, you got your camp, well, we'll do one in Montana. It's just that we didn't have the volunteer force. We didn't have the financing. We just didn't have the mechanism to get it started. So just having it down there and making it kind of a trip, uh, I think the – the second year I came down, we brought um, we brought Bill Pilgrim, who is our girls basketball coach here at, at uh, Helena Capital, and he would be a prime prime example of I would say he was a coach that was a Christian, and through spending the week at camp every year, he'd get renewed. He was excited to go to camp. Um, he was hanging out with other Christian coaches. And that it kind of pushed him to realize that he had to live out his faith as a coach, whether how we talked to the referees, how we talked to his players, how we talked to his parents, that, that just that, that blood of Jesus, that, 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 that patience, that grace just had to overcome him 
and he had to present that as a coach um, and change. And just being around other coaches like that, I think, uh, helped him. And now um, he's really felt like God called him, and now he's the coach at uh, Corbin University, a girls' basketball coach, and they made it to the Sweet 16 this year, his first year there. So that was one of those stories of seeing how important, you know, how, how camp changes people. Yeah, and he, and he was a coach, like you say, and, and, and God just continued to transform his life into, you know, what, what a sweet story of uh, the power of Christ there. And I know there's, uh, you know, you've brought down a lot of different athletes, and we've seen athletes from all over, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho, Montana, even Alaska come to this camp and other states. Um, uh, it's, it's just been neat to see God get a hold of these kids at camp, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And, and uh, for me, especially like I've been the college kids, they're, they're involved with our FCA program at the University of Montana. Well, I really then get to know them better at camp, get to spend a little bit more time with them and invest some time with them. And then when I see them on campus at the University of Montana, it's a totally different relationship. And to help them, hey, they're athletes. They're going to they're gonna have struggles. And so then we built that personal relationship um, that I may not have had had they not come to camp. Um, and through that, then um, that opens some doors for some mentoring and even just a quick little text or an email when uh, they might be struggling through some stuff or to celebrate some positive things that are happening, too. Right. Well, and folks, I know that uh, our, our camp is for ju- incoming 7th graders through 12th graders, so it's junior high and high school kids. But, you know, as Bob mentioned there, um, it, it, we have college athletes that come and serve as our huddle leaders. They're basically counselors, big brothers, big sisters all week would lead a couple Bible studies and a day. And as well as make sure the kids get up on time and go to bed on time and all those things and help coach during the sessions. And, and so I know Bob, you guys have brought down, um, you know, a, a great group of, of, of huddle leaders, college athletes from the university of Montana and a few other schools too. Um, so that, that's been really neat to see, and it's been certainly helpful, you know, to help run this camp, hasn't it? Yeah, and, and for us, I mean, what also camp does, and it, it's no different in Idaho, but because of camp, I mean, it's a, real, it's a launch for us for the next year, for the next, for that coming fall, for those fall sports. Um, camp raises up some leaders, um, some kids, um are transformed at that camp. They're, they make that about face, that 180-degree turn from where they were going. They might have just been like me, kind of a cardboard Christian. Some of them had no faith at all. And and in that week, they just surrender. And we see that almost every night, kids coming up to the front during chapel service and just surrendering. And they come back a different person. And we challenge them, like, God's called you out to be a leader. And some of them lead in different ways. We don't have a whole bunch of, not every kid's a big rah-rah guy. Some of them are, you know, one of our last kids, Cameron, uh, that was a t- that uh, helped us out at Helena Capital. He was a tennis player, and he was a cross-country runner. And he just had a really quiet persona. But he really changed the camp and became the leader that God called him out to be. Um, and he took on that challenge. And so that's the really cool thing with our high school kids and some of our middle school kids is they come back from camp and 
we challenge it a little bit, but I think God has challenged them to get outside of their comfort zone and to lead in a in a different arena than they've ever led before. Mm-hmm. Um, and to impact their campuses. And, Ken, you and I talk on these school campuses. You know, we kind of battle for first, second, or third in teen suicide in the United States. And so there's a lot of heart heartache and pain and struggle on these campuses. And so we get these kids coming back, and they play a role in trying to change that culture. Yeah, that's exciting. And you just, just to see, like you said, you know, just – you know, whether it's a high school or junior high or even a college athlete, or like you mentioned, you were talking about Coach Pilgrim, you know, they, they become more aware. The Holy Spirit be, helps them become more aware of where they are in the body of Christ and, and how they can be used and, and, and really a little more of their purpose and why they're created. That is so exciting, you know, for me, and I know it is for you as FCA staff to 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 watch people get more engaged in, in what God's called them to be on the in the kingdom of God on, on earth, you know, here in Idaho and Montana. Right. So, and I know we've, we, there's a, there's a gal that, that it's originally from Montana and we just have a couple minutes left here, but it's, it's a unique story. She it's it's Emerald. She was a, a, a huddle leader in, or actually she's a huddle leader at camp this last year, but you knew her as a high school uh, basketball player before she came to Boise state. And I know we interviewed her a couple months ago here on, on the program. Yeah, I mean, it's really funny when I saw her at camp last year and going, oh, my gosh, I remember her. Because she was, she, at that time, I was really involved with the Helena Capital Girls Basketball Program, and she played for Bozeman. And Capital and Bozeman kind of battled in a couple of state titles and, and uh, one state title, which Capital won. But she was a big part of a very successful program at Bozeman, but she had some personal struggles. And when I saw her come to camp, I was like, oh, this girl's different. She's changed. And um, then just getting to spend more time with her this year and super excited because after three years at playing basketball at Boise, she's uh, decided uh, to transfer um, to Carroll College here in Helena, where I live, um, and really is excited to um, really launch some stuff with FCA on the on the campus of Carroll College. Carroll College is a Catholic campus, and and we have a little bit of a struggle actually, you know, doing ministry on campus. Um, I've spent a lot of time with the coaches, and so we haven't really had an official maybe FCA huddle on campus at Carroll. But we kind of a lot of times we'll meet off campus. I'm just to honor them and respect. Hey, that that that's how they do business, and we're okay with that. But they aren't opposed to having student leaders lead stuff. So Emerald's super excited to get things going at Carroll, and and you know you guys do a big fields of faith, and we've had some uh, successful fields of faith here in Helena the last couple of years, and so Emerald's really excited to um, kind of lead that, and so that really takes. Uh, uh, some burden off of my plate that she wants to help lead that. Well, praise God. I mean, it's so neat to see how she came to Boise state and then got involved with FCA and God used that as a, as a catalyst, you know, and, and camp, like you were saying to now she's coming back to Montana to be a ministry leader on there in Helena at Carroll college. We're excited about that. And she, she'll be able to um, work with you guys there and, so we're so excited. Well, 
Bob, it has just been fun to catch up with you on the phone here and uh, to have you on the, the air today on Heart of the Athlete here in Idaho. And uh, so thanks so much. And uh, it's always a pleasure to, to be with you. And I know we just saw each other. Uh, we got to say goodbye a week ago when you, when you were still here in, in Idaho. Right. Yeah, Ken, it's always a blessing to talk with you and love spending. Like I tell people, I, yeah, I live in Idaho for a week every year, so <laughs> nine years in now. So, well, that's great, Bob. We we appreciate it. We thank some thank you so much for all that you do at our camp, and I know you uh, help organize a lot of things behind the scenes with coaches and and facilities with Ryan and and uh, and, and during camp too. So I know it's a it's a it's a lot of work and uh but we appreciate so much and appreciate your friendship bob thanks for thanks for taking the time to be on on harvard athlete this morning hey ken thank you for uh, giving me a call great talking with you well folks have a great day thanks for listening today if you are interested in getting involved with fca or would like to donate to the fca ministry you can contact us through the fca idaho website at fcaidaho.org Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. You